1: Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And
0: I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma.
1: Bonnie, it has been a very interesting week weather-wise. I know last week you said it was kind of boring and we were going to kind of see what happens with, you know, tropical storm slash early hurricane Epsilon. But, uh, one... We've talked about 2020 being the overachieving year. (laughs) Man, uh, and it just continues. Epsilon not only has uh, overachieved, but, man, the storm is still relatively big. It's weakened a little bit, but um, for a storm in the shipping lanes, that's not going to affect nearly anything except for maybe if it were to deviate into Iceland. But Epsilon was pretty impressive.
0: Yes, huge, huge wind field, just a big old storm, just alone out in the middle of the ocean so at least there's that at least it didn't impact any land or anything but yeah it was a pretty impressive storm still is
1: yeah still very much so and like we said it's in the atlantic it is affecting the shipping lanes and that is it it will continue to move off toward iceland yes it is way north now into the atlantic but it's still it's still churning now our attention unfortunately has to turn back to the you ready gulf coast well why would we want to look at the gulf coast not only have we had what four or five storms impact that well we have now tropical storm zeta and tropical storm zeta is forecasted to continue to strengthen the lace advisory came out or at least the hurricane hunters are out in the storm right now found the central pressure at a thousand millibars bonnie zeta is following a very familiar track it's going to move across the yucatan emerge into the gulf of mexico and make its way toward Louisiana.
0: Yes, and so this will be the sixth storm to yes. make landfall in Louisiana this season.
1: Yes, if it makes, if it does in fact make landfall in Louisiana, the the uh, forecast cone is a little bit wide. The path is a little uncertain, but it's yeah. from Louisiana to, you know, the Alabama coastline into the Florida Panhandle. And man, these folks just can't catch a break.
0: I know. We've been talking about those areas all season long since basically May. So Uh, I'm impressed and shocked and 2020 won't stop.
1: It won't stop. Can't Can't stop. 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 Yep, Exactly. It's going to be a party. (laughs) So we look at, you know, obviously, Epsilon, thankfully, did not affect anything but open water. It did throw some very large uh, waves against the eastern uh, seaboard of the U.S., so uh-huh. I know that there were many riptide warnings up and down the East Coast seaboard. Um, but man, you know, Zeta is gonna be the next story. The the golf looks relatively primed as it has all season long for some enhanced development. I know the current forecast says maybe a cat one, maybe a cat two, but you know, it is twenty twenty. Stranger things have happened. I don't I don't foresee a major hurricane, but you never know. But still,
0: it could go higher than a Cat 1 because there's been many that have been like, oh, yeah, it'll make landfall at a Cat 1. It's like almost yeah. a Cat 5. So yeah, exactly. Like, there's no telling.
1: <laughs> there isn't. And again, the forecast tracks, um, again, take it from Louisiana into Florida. So you flip a coin, it's there. Uh, impacting looks to be midday Tuesday into Wednesday on the current forecast timing. That will change and has changed, as we've seen uh, a lot the season but so we watched you know zeta along the coast but bonnie the big weather story is all sudden a lot of the united states has emerged from summer pattern into fall into hey you know what? let's just skip a season let's go straight into winter
0: i was just gonna say fall what's fall like i'm pretty sure we went from 80s to winter storm watch like i i just don't even know where fall was but yeah um snow ice Sleet, yeah. rain, wind, all of that just coming this way, and my way, all of this whole area.
1: And, and you know, we're not just talking about the, the usual suspects here, right? North and South Dakota, upper Minnesota, um, the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, Montana, extreme, you know, northern Idaho or Washington. This is impacting pretty much most of the lower 48 on the west side and then definitely dipping into the plains and affecting areas in the Ohio River Valley down toward the Mississippi River as you get down to the south. Perfect example. So you guys know I do a radio show every weekend uh, in Mesa, Arizona. I do a weather forecast. I've talked about it a lot on this show. It's one of my favorite segments I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will go look at the AFD from the Phoenix office and just kind of get a sense of what they're seeing. And You know, I'm looking at temperatures and stuff. Well, they were thinking about rain all week and, you know, give it the desert. It's dry chance of that back off well they have a cold front moving through today the forecast high in the phoenix metro area is 86 today okay wow very very pleasant get your sweaters out (laughs) right very pleasant and exactly they do people in arizona once the temperature hits like below 90 they start wearing sweatshirts and sweaters that's amazing it is amazing it's fantastic the high tomorrow forecast for phoenix is 68 degrees
0: Whoa. Wow. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be like a frozen tundra.
1: Right. And, and again, people are like, oh, 86 to 68. That's a big deal in Arizona. It doesn't happen. Even at night, the temperature doesn't cool off that quickly. But because this vigorous cold front is coming through, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. So we're going to look at that up north in the state of Arizona. Flagstaff today. High elevation, several thousand feet upper you know parts of the desert. Beautiful up near the Grand Canyon. The high is 62 today. The cold front comes through tonight. Tomorrow's high is 37.
0: 37?
1: Yeah. So they go from 62 to 37. High wind warning in effect for the cold front coming through. They're going to go from sunny skies today to rain and snow showers tomorrow. Mostly snow. So just insane. Absolutely 100% insane but (laughs) so, you know, that's just one area. And again, we're talking about Arizona. It's Southern, right? We expect it to still be warm this time of year. And generally it is even parts of Northern Arizona. It gets cold. They get snow all the time, but when Phoenix won't get out of the seventies tomorrow, we know that there's some cold air.
0: Yeah. So then imagine how cold it is further North. If it's that cold for them, then further North, it is cold, cold.
1: Temperatures are going to be anywhere. Uh, From areas in Colorado, Wyoming, uh, parts of Utah, 25 to 30 degrees below normal. First real cold shot coming in. Um, Let's talk about what you guys will see in Oklahoma City and then what I'll see up here in the Northwest. But you guys look like you're going to have some fun and finally get some actually real winter weather, quote unquote, in late October.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get our classic um, ice storm setup, and that's that's usually what we get. I mean, we get our, our blizzards here and there, but I, I don't know. We we like our ice storms around here. Panhandle's gonna get snow, but pretty much the whole western half of Oklahoma is gonna get ice.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about the ice setup because I, I know that we had tweeted out on the link on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast uh, the forecast challenges of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, last winter, if you remember, we had our favorite winter phrases, winter terms. Mine, one of mine was warm tongue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because that's, you know, that's just fantastic, right? Well, that actually comes into play here with you guys in central Oklahoma, because if you want snow, if you want snow to fall and, you know, accumulate, it has to be cold enough to support that, you know, column of snow from top to bottom, right? Right. So... That's great. If you want rain, you know that the snowflakes will fall through a warm parcel of air, and the air from that point to the ground will be above freezing, so it will fall as rain. Right. Well, freezing rain is a little bit different story. It starts as snowflakes, it falls through a layer of warm air, and then it doesn't have a chance to refreeze as it's falling, so it falls as liquid precip. But the ground and, you know, the very thin layer... Of atmosphere right above the ground is below freezing so that water hits and freezes on contact and that's how you get freezing rain so yes this is what we look at in especially parts like Oklahoma uh, Dallas Fort Worth areas where it's just borderline it's cold enough to snow but we know that there is a warm tongue somewhere in the atmosphere which has allowed those snowflakes to melt into rainwater and then you know you fall back into colder air hits the surface, and then it freezes.
0: Yes, and that's the challenge, is knowing exactly where the warm tongue is, how thick the layer of cold is at the surface, between the surface and the warm layer. That's why it's so, so tricky. And so this forecast, for me, my area, we're on the line of where ice is going to accumulate. So further west of me, they have a stronger chance of thicker ice accumulation which means more tree branches power lines down that kind of thing but i just know from past experience that that can change and it can change from area to area like my part of the city could get more ice than the southern area of more like it's really that thin of a line that right. the neighborhood over could not get it as bad as i could get it
1: right and one of the aspect that we talk about here well people are like okay well you know it seems like there are only three scenarios, right? Rain, freezing rain, or snow. Well, you have to add in a fourth, and that's sleet. And sleet is the same scenario as freezing rain, except when it falls through that layer of warm air and melts, it then continues down into a, another layer of the atmosphere that's cold. However, it is so cold that those raindrops freeze before they hit well, the ground. Well, and
0: it's a thicker layer of yes, cold.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it has to have, it maintains a longer time for that oh. precip to freeze, and so you look at, you know, that scenario, and again, that's also very much a possibility in parts of Oklahoma and Texas as this cold front comes through, where you could see sleet, freezing rain, snow, or just plain old rain. So the forecast is tricky. Um, this is where we would love to see. Uh, more access to data. We would love to see more balloon launches. We would love to see vertical profilers. We would love to see, you know, information besides just a balloon launch every six hours.
0: Right. Well, and in this case, we would need balloon launches in more places right. in Oklahoma, not just out of Norman. We would need it out of every county or out of every city or something to right. see where the line of the layers of cold and warm air are. And right. We just can't do
1: that. We can't. And again, we can use, you know, tools like the Doppler radar to get the vertical slices of the atmosphere, right? We know at a certain elevation the radar beam will will cross and it will hit and, you know, we'll go from there. By the way, that the sounds you are hearing are the often talked about, very rarely heard third member of B Squared. That'd be Clyde.
0: I'm trying to keep him quiet, but he is just he he took a really good afternoon nap, so now he has a lot of energy. So Aww. he's running around, acting like
1: a fool. We will need to post, uh, Bonnie, you went and bought Clyde a sweater, or a scarf.
0: And yes. we will need to
1: post that photo on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. You can go see the third member of B-Squared.
0: I will post it as soon as we're done taping. You yeah, should. he uh, he's ready for the winter storm that's coming.
1: I'm, he's got his scarf. I'm sure he is. All right, what is the timing for you guys in terms of this winter storm?
0: So all manners of precip... Are possible between tomorrow and Wednesday. It's been drizzly today. It's just not super cold. Temperatures will drop overnight. Um, I'm thinking that tomorrow is going to be our best chance to get the freezing rain. And then after that, it'll be cold rain, maybe snow, What? It's a mixed bag. Let's just be real. But we did just have a winter storm watch issued that lasts from tomorrow through Wednesday at 7 p.m. So about a three-day winter storm watch at this point.
1: Well, that's a long duration event for you guys. Usually it's, Mm -hmm. you know, several hours and then boom, you're into a colder atmosphere and then, you know, the precip is gone. So a three day event sounds like it's going to be a lot of headaches.
0: Yes, but we are going to get a lot of moisture that we do need. It's been very dry most of this month. So that's the good silver lining of this whole situation, but we'll just see how much ice accumulates and where because further west is not as heavily populated. Like there are some cities out there that would be impacted, but more people live here in the central part of the state. So if there was a major ice storm in the central part of the state, then we would really be in trouble because is where everybody lives pretty much.
1: Right. Well, you know, first shot of cold air for the winter. Um, it is 2020. <laughs> it seems that this is just par for the course. And, you know, uh, again, first shot. So we'll see what happens. But you know, this thing is going to affect most of the lower 48. Uh, out here in Oregon, an interesting setup. We don't have the precip that you guys do. We just have uh, the cold air rushing through the gorge. So we have that east wind that is, you know, blowing that dry continental cold air mass into our region. Uh, as I told you before we start taping, our dew point right now is down to 10 degrees. Wow, that We're, is so dry. It, it's very dry. And so the east wind. You know, mixes the atmosphere, but it's bringing in some cold air. Temperature right now is in the mid 40s, so it's chilly. It's typical fall weather, but uh, the east wind is forecast to die off tonight. And when the east wind dies off tonight, all of a sudden we're left with an atmosphere which has no ability to mix itself. And we'll have a very low relative humidity, which means our temperature is going to drop like a rock. So we are under a freeze warning. We've been under it. though They issued it two days ago. They reissued it about an hour ago, uh, but through, you know, basically late tomorrow or into even Tuesday morning, uh, it looks like a hard freeze. And so tomorrow's temperature, the highs will get up to the lower 40s, but we'll probably dip down into the upper teens, lower 20s tonight. So bring in your plants. uh, Make sure you have any water that's stored anywhere. Uh, Make sure you empty it out because if not, you're gonna have a nice little uh, bowl of ice tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. open your cabinets, yep, like your kitchen and bathroom sink cabinets and that kind of thing. Wow, that's going to get really cold. Also, if it's that dry, be sure you touch something metal before you touch your gas pump.
1: Yes, that is very true. You do not want to spark and cause a fire at the gas pump. We see that time and time again. So please just be But safe. if you
0: do, put your gas pump back in your tank.
1: Yes, yes. Because there's absolutely. no air in there. Absolutely. It will kill. You got to have three uh, ingredients for fire, right? You gotta have heat. You gotta have a source, and gotta have air.
0: So if you can remove
1: air, there you go. You're good to go.
0: There you go. Gas pumping safety tips from B squared. You're
1: welcome. You'll love this. Um, In Oregon, we don't pump our own gas.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, great.
1: We're 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 special. (laughs) Uh, Us in New Jersey, we're the very special ones. So, yeah, we do not. uh, We do not pump our own gas in Oregon. Uh, There was a. Temporary restriction lifted on that uh, when COVID hit because people were, you know, freaking out. They could get coronavirus from touching a gas pump. So, like, well, why don't you just pump your own gas? So, luckily, nobody caught fire. Um, <laughs> I think there's maybe one or two hoses ripped off from people driving away with their hose still attached. But other than that, I mean, it was it, it was pretty good. so uh, But, yeah, we have people that have to pump our own gas, and it does get to be very frustrating at times. So...
0: Why? I would love that. Like, I, I don't want to get out of my car.
1: Right. It, it is nice, but occasionally you do have to go into the store and tell them that you need gas, and then they have to come out and pump it for you. And
0: Is it like a safety thing? Is that why they would uh, rather the attendants pump the gas, not you? Because they for sure know.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a combination, actually. It it, it's a safety thing, and it's a job thing. Hmm. Because there are several hundreds of people that are employed that just do nothing but pump gas. So, um, yes, but there are some gas stations in the state that if you have a diesel vehicle that you can pump your own gas. Diesel. I know, right? But I will say this. There are times where I will just tell the attendant, Hey, I'll I'll just finish this off. I know what I'm doing. It's not a big deal. And nine times out of ten they're cool with well, it. Other times like, no, we can get fined and it's a big bad deal. Okay, no worries. You you do you boo. It's all good. I'm not going to get you fired, but it is nice to uh, travel to other states where you can pump your own gas. But it does take. Do they a little... clean
0: your windows for you while they're pumping?
1: Some do, some do.
0: <laughs> nice. We, yeah,
1: which is nice. I will. Uh, I don't mind it. Like I said, either way, I don't mind. I'm well, only okay I mean, when with it's it. like
0: cold and rainy or really hot or something. It's nice to not have to do it. I mean, you still have to sit in your car with no ac or no heater on but at least you just get to stay in your car
1: exactly and so i mean it's still warm and it is what it is and we go from there but oh man yep we uh like i said oregon and new jersey were the two states left in the union that were not capable of pumping our own gas
0: hey you know what that's all right not everyone is advanced is as advanced as the rest of the country i understand (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey listen as we heard you know the oil and gas industry are very important remember president trump told us that in uh, in the last debate remember that texas remember that pennsylvania and oklahoma so yes we are aware of this
0: yeah well you know i did kind of like that i was like oh he said oklahoma
1: right <laughs> hey shout out to my state what what
0: <laughs>
1: oh, see i don't my my state only gets mentioned with rioting so it's kind of like it's a moot point for me it's like yeah yeah they just do their own thing so. Well, it's all right. Yeah, I
0: like Oregon, so no worries. Nah,
1: well, I like Oklahoma, so see, we're good. Yeah. See how that all works out? It's a symbiotic relationship we have. That's right. Synergy. <laughs> <We're my favorite. laughs> Which I
0: did not know what synergy was for the longest time, but it's like it's like workplace like cohesiveness or something yes. like
1: that. It's a cohesiveness across any factor you can assign to it. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like huh, macaroni noodles and cheese sauce. It's. Oh, yeah, that's like, good.
0: I'm putting that on my shopping list. So I'm going to the store after this, ah, putting perfect. mac and cheese down. It's happening. As you should.
1: Uh, well, pizza is also a mandatory winter storm food. Right. I and, need to get
0: all the bread and milk before it's gone.
1: Yep. Uh, we run out of kale here in the Northwest, apparently, when, you know, snowpocalypse is forecasted. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, when I think of snowstorm, I think of, I need kale.
1: Yeah, well, see, unfortunately, a lot of the crazy people out here in Oregon believe that, so they buy it.
0: Kale saves lives. Uh, Kale, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> it does something, <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, like I said, no, no precip with our portion of the cold. It's just cold air, and you look at the GFS, you know, 15-day forecast, we maybe have three days of possible precip, and any Precip in that is extremely light. So just kind of clear and cold temperatures will be in the forties and we just wait and wait and wait.
0: Hey, that's, that's me too. I'm waiting and waiting. I just know what's coming, you know? So here we go. It's going to be a fun couple of days,
1: but at least you have a shot of something we don't.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, that is the interesting point. We talked a little bit last week about, um, you know, Noah's outlook for winter, they have released it. It was pretty interesting. Um, parts of the northern tier below average temperatures. Most of the lower two-thirds of the country, southern two-thirds of the country, from California all the way to the east coast, uh, above average chances of a higher temperatures for winter going forward. Uh, precip looked to be pretty even across the board for the most part. So, it's going to be interesting. It looks like we're headed into a pretty moderate La Nina. So, we will see you with that. We did the Oregon AMS uh, 20th Annual Winter Weather Forecast Conference yesterday. We streamed it on Facebook Live. Uh, we're up to almost 10,000 views. So, that was pretty cool. Uh, we were supposed to go for two hours. We ended going almost three Wow. Yeah. So it was cool. I mean, we had uh, our regular cast of characters uh, on the forecast guys and then we had a couple new ones and it was really cool to see. A lot of people, you know, threw out some crazy predictions. Um, There was a kid from Oregon State University who was actually the the, um, OSU chapter president uh, elect. He's actually now the president he was elected so yeah he's the the president anyways he did a forecast he started off a slide and i had gotten the preview of this when we did the test call early last week and it's like 60 inches of snow wind gusts above 75 miles an hour and like a bunch of other stuff major windstorm uh could see record level flooding blah 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 and he goes oh just kidding it's this is my dire forecast for 2020 (laughs) And so, you know, like kind of free some people out. And he goes, no. And then he goes, I'll really get into my forecast at the end. But it was quite hilarious to watch. And so our chapter president wasn't on the test call, so he hadn't seen it. And so he was sitting there, and I'm watching the reaction. So when you do a webinar through Zoom to Facebook, whoever is talking and sharing their screen it's, you know, the priority out to everybody else. But I can still see all of the 12 people that were actually on the call as presenters. And my chapter president, like, spit, like, whatever he was eating out. <laughs> I kind of freaked him out, like, well, hold up. What do you mean, like, like, is this kid for real? Like, is this what he's really forecasting? And then he hit the button, you know, advanced to the slide, you know, just 2020. Just kidding. But... <laughs> I really, wish I, awesome. I really wish I could have gone back and just, like, captured that moment because it would have been a perfect, you know, like, social media reaction.
0: <laughs> I was doing that. Like, you were saying all those things in my eyes. I could feel them getting bigger and right. bigger. And I was like, whoa. And then you were like, eh, just kidding.
1: Yeah. But it's so 2020. But it's funny because a lot of people are like, you know what? It could happen.
0: Right? Like, people aren't really doubting anything at this point.
1: They're really not. <clears throat> Which is good. I think that's a good thing. I think we should take, you know, all things, you know, into consideration because we've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen this year. Exactly.
0: So So don't rule anything out and, you know, just be prepared for anything.
1: Very true. Sorry, I'm yawning. Very true. It's been a very long week. I actually took today off. So normally I would be walking into work right about now, but I took the day off. So that will be nice. Um, So I'll have a three day work week. This week and then next week I'll have a 3-day work week. I'm off on Tuesday, which is election day. So oh, I can, good. so yep. I, can, I can go work for my county elections office. I am a ballot retrieval specialist.
0: Ooh, that sounds real important.
1: Yeah, you want to know what I do?
0: Do you retrieve the ballots? Mhm.
1: Wow. Yes. I put them in a they I am assigned a dropbox somewhere in the county. I go, I unlock dropbox, I pick up ballots, I put them in a bag, I put a tag on it, I jot down the tag number, what time I picked it up, and then I drive it back to the county elections office. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. (laughs)
0: All right, well, the elections in your hands don't mess up. Literally,
1: it is. It is. And so, you know, I can see how people are wary about this, but... Uh, we do have from time to time election monitors will actually watch us the process and they will follow us back to the county's elections office.
0: Yeah, make sure you're not like going to a dumpster or something and throwing them away. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And again, that I totally understand. It is a little nerve wracking from time to time. But hey, you know, I'm all for free and open and fair elections. So if that's what they want to do, by all means, please do it. Well, and you have nothing to worry about if
0: you're doing what you're supposed to do. So
1: Exactly, and that's the best part. I will say it is quite hilarious, though. So we have an 8 p.m. cutoff, right? That's the time that the polls close most states. Mm-hmm. So there will be people that will show up at 8.05 as we're collecting ballots out of the drop box. And they're like, oh, I got my vote in. And I take the ballot, and I thank them for casting it, and it goes into a special envelope that's called Lake Collections. And the Lake Collections ballots go in to my little plastic tub where I keep the key for the drop box and my clipboard and we return to the elections office. Well, the late ballots don't get counted. Really? They get a letter in the mail saying, thank you for your vote. We recorded the fact that you did vote. However, because you did not submit this by eight o'clock, your vote does not count.
0: (gasps) Dang.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're serious. And it's to the point where... As an elections worker and as a county official, I watch my cell phone. That is the official time. If they are in line, when the clock hits 8 o'clock, their vote counts. If they are not in line and they show up after 8 o'clock, we do accept their ballot. We say thank you, and then they will get a letter in the mail several days later saying thank you for voting. However, your vote did not count. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the elections don't play.
1: No, so this is why, again, we say you must have your ballot in before 8 o'clock, but it, it never ceases to amaze me the amount of people that wait till the absolute last second. Oregon is a vote by mail state. We get our ballots weeks ahead. Okay, I've had my ballot done, signed, ready to be turned in for now a week. I voted last Sunday. Good job. Yep. I've not turned my ballot in yet. I need to do that. But I was like, I'll do it when I, you know, when I try by a county elections office. Or if push comes to shove, I'll take it with me Tuesday when I go to work.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, you could just turn it in while you're doing your job as the election specialty person.
1: And I will say this. It is quite hilarious. The amount of ballots that we get from other counties in the state. So like we said, Oregon is a vote by mail state. It's been that way for a very, very long time. I never was able to actually go to a precinct to vote. That is one thing I was really bummed about. I thought it would have been really cool to go to my local elementary school or wherever my precinct was, cast a ballot in, go about my day, but say lovey. It is what it is. I mine's to- a nursing home. Oh. But at least you can go. I mean, that's cool. That like you have that option, which is great. If I wanted to vote like that, I could go to my county elections office, fill out my ballot there, and then hand it to them and be like, oh, okay, it's kind of the same, but it's not. So the thing about Oregon is because we are a vote by mail state, all counties will accept county ballots. So um, two years ago, I worked uh actually was it two years ago? I'm trying to do the Dude, might. Yes, two years ago. So two years ago was the first time that I was a county employee to do stuff in the elections. Uh, one of the drop boxes I had was in a little community called Forest Grove out on the western side of Washington County up toward the foothills. The amount of ballots that we got in that drop box from other counties across the state, and I'm not just talking about like counties close by, but counties on in eastern Oregon, southeastern Oregon, down near the California border, blew my mind.
0: Did you accept them? Oh, of course.
1: Yeah. And so they're they're accepted and counted. And so basically they're put into like, you know, an overnight parcel and they're shipped off to the proper county offices. Their vote does count because they were received by eight o'clock. But it's just it was fantastic to see like, oh, here's another ballot for Tillamook County or here's a ballot for Wheeler County or Umatilla County or Lake County. Completely other side of the state, hundreds of miles away.
0: Hmm. So weird.
1: Yeah. So, so that point was a little was weird. So I it's one of the fun things that I kind of look forward to to seeing how many ballots will we collect from out of county, you know, over a certain time period. So. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what, nine days to go to Election Day?
0: Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Getting right. real close.
1: Can't wait. The amount of annoying ads on TV, the text messages, the phone calls. I'm over it. <laughs> true just vote just vote That's all i gotta <laughs> say is folks just vote we don't care how just vote but we digress <laughs> welcome <laughs> into b squared your political talk for the week <laughs> hey we wouldn't
0: be doing our part if we weren't making sure people were
1: going out Ab- to you know absolutely we are you know we are proud weather ready nation ambassadors we talk a lot about being prepared for winter weather but you know what that stuff also boils down politically you got to make sure mm-hmm. you vote because the people that we elect control the budget for the National Weather Service and the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. So politics is important. I heard a guy the other day. was like, oh, you know, politics doesn't really affect my life. Sorry, bro. It does. From the water you drink to the air you breathe to the food you eat. Politics play a part of it. It's true.
0: That's yeah. really true. Well, and, you know. Politics goes into recovery efforts like FEMA and Red Cross and all that kind of stuff. Let's talk to
1: Louisiana. Five tropical systems hit, maybe a six coming up.
0: Exactly. So they're going to need
1: some federal help. So Politics play a important part of that.
0: Yep.
1: Got to be able to fund that. And, you know, that's why we're also thankful for organizations like the Red Cross and, you know, uh, private entities such as churches and community organizations, because, again, those things are important. And mm-hmm. if your federal government can't fulfill, you know, the amount of money needed to do that, those are the other organizations that oftentimes step in and help. So, you know, we're thankful for that. But politics do matter. So, again, we're not getting political. We're not going to tell you who to vote for, or who not to vote for. Just vote. Yeah, just vote. Just vote. do
0: you, but vote.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. I don't get a little sticker that said I voted, which I'm kind of bummed about. What, yeah, we just we don't get it because we vote by mail, see again, I'm telling you I, while I appreciate vote by mail and the ease of it, I miss the cool little things of being able to get a sticker or a button or a pin that said I voted. I am
0: right. totally going to give you my sticker,
1: yay, please do, please send it to me. I will right,
0: that is just not fair. You deserve the sticker, so I'll give you my sticker
1: perfect, perfect, can't wait, can't wait, oh, well. Weather is interesting. We've gone from summer to winter in a flash.
0: (laughs) But summer's still hanging on in the tropics. Yeah, but summer
1: is still hanging on in the tropics. We'll be like you said, we'll be going through and doing uh, tropical updates until December, I have a feeling.
0: I agree. I agree. Like it's it's not over. I just don't feel like it's over.
1: I don't either. I would love to see, but I will say this. The cold front that is coming through that is gonna affect you will ultimately be a steering factor in where Zeta goes.
0: That is true. Like it'll determine how far to the right it's going to curve.
1: Right. So that is, a, that is also important. So we need to watch that. I would love to go back and do some historical analysis to see if there's ever been a tropical system that has interacted with a major cold front where it has thrown like some precip into it. I know that we, you know, with Superstorm Sandy, um, you know, wind and rain, lots of cold that was entrenched into the storm where it did interact with that cold front off the Eastern seaboard. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see if there was ever like a Southern system that even after it had made landfall, kicked up some moisture into a cold front and caused snow.
0: I bet there is something, I mean, because it happens with, you know, severe weather and stuff like there's been times that we have been in a winter storm watch, but it doesn't go into effect till the next day. But that same storm system is causing us hail and tornado warnings and stuff, day one and then day two, it all turns to snow and ice and stuff. So that's happened here several times. So I bet tropical storms have interacted in some
1: form. We'll have we'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'm sure they have, and I'm sure SPC will have that information somewhere, but uh, it's like the meme we talked about a couple of years ago. The state of Missouri, you know, you went from left to right, progressed from winter storm warnings into severe thunderstorm warnings with tornado warnings, and I even think there was a tropical component to that as well. So... It's always it's, interesting. Certain
0: parts of the country like really get a good mix of everything. And I, that's why I like Oklahoma, because we really do get a good mix of everything.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. Unlike us in Oregon who are stuck with the rain. But I digress. <laughs> so, like I said, we did talk about um, the Oregon AMS Winter Weather Forecast Conference. If you do want to go watch it and watch the forecast for the area here, you can do that on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Oregon AMS. But um, lowland snow is kind of the whole reason why people tune in to see how much snow the Portland area the Willamette Valley will get. And consensus was that we would probably see some snow. So it'll be interesting to say they think that with La Nina, uh, rule of thumb is if you have a La Nina, it's later in winter. So La means later. El Nino means earlier. So we will see what happens. There's a chance we'll probably have. A very quiet November. We're kind of in a quiet October. So we will see if uh, it gets busy once we get into, say, later November, December, January, February.
0: Well, that's interesting that, like, that's kind of how it's panned out for you. La Nina's affect you later in the year. So, yeah, we'll see. I hope that you guys get buckets of snow buckets.
1: Me too. They're like, one of the analog years was like 2016, 2017, which is the year we got like 21 inches of snow. Wow. Over the season. That's a lot of
0: buckets of snow. Yeah,
1: so I'll take that. Mm -hmm. I will definitely, definitely take that. See, and I know Oklahoma City is the same way. One inch will shut down the city.
0: Yeah, it's kind of sad.
1: Yeah. Like, I want a big event. I want four or five inches.
0: Yeah, me too. We we had some pretty good inches. Remember I sent you that picture of Clyde with all the snow in his Mm -hmm. beard? So he likes the snow.
1: Good. I'm glad. I can't wait to see him in the scarf again. (laughs)
0: You got to make sure you do tweet that out. It just melts my heart, him and that scarf.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's so cute. Glad you're so cute.
0: He's sleeping again right now in my lap. He's got a really hard life. I don't know
1: how he does it. Yeah, he lives that rough life. Mm. Gets a scarf. Sleeps all
0: day under my desk while I work and all this stuff. Like, he's just really got it rough. I don't know how he does
1: it. Plays for a couple hours. Mom dresses him up. I mean, gosh. (laughs) What a life.
0: I know. He's... Poor thing. Yeah. Poor mistreated thing.
1: Yeah. Clearly not. <laughs> so. Oh, I just want to smoosh him. Oh, he's so cute. I can't wait to, to see what happens with you guys uh, forecast-wise because it is going to be interesting. I mean, first big one of the year, so we'll see how everybody handles it. I know. I, you know. Like I said, I'm really
0: glad I'm working from home so I don't have to stress about driving, being out and around people. Like, I'm just... I'm all at home, so I'll be good, and I can just watch what's happening and not have to worry about being out in it.
1: Exactly. And that's the best part about it. That is truly the best part about it. Well, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in very cold Oregon.
0: And I'm Bonnie in also cold Oklahoma.
1: (laughs) We will talk to you guys next week.
0: Bye.